Welcome back to the Yellow Box Podcast. This week, we are joined by our teaching pastor, Ian Simpkins, as we kick off our series, My Way Back. For more information, please visit us at www.communitychristian.org. And remember, you can always find us on Sundays at the Yellow Box at 9.30 a.m., 11.15 a.m., and 5 p.m. We hope to see you there. Well, good morning, everyone. How you doing? It is so good to see your smiling faces this morning. My name is Ian, and I am thrilled to be with you today. Who here had a favorite storybook as a kid? Anyone? Yeah, why don't you shout out some of your favorites? What are some of your favorite storybooks when you were a child? It's okay. This is a safe space. The Knights of Columbus? Is that what someone said? I didn't know that was a storybook. Is that a... Anyone over here was favorite book as a kid? Green Eggs and Ham, that's a classic. Anyone, anyone over here? Any other favorites? Did someone say Sports Illustrated? I don't think that. We have an Everyone Poops over here. That's a classic. Um, those are all good answers, but I'm sorry to say that you're all wrong. Uh, the greatest child storybook of all time is this one right here, Harold and the Purple Crayon. Any, any, yeah, applause for that one. All right. This book was magical to me as a child. Essentially, it's a story about a kid who has a purple crayon and he can draw his own reality, even his own freshly baked pies. Who wouldn't love that crayon in their life from time to time? He's got these freshly baked pies until the creepiest moose in the world comes and eats them. I have no idea why he would draw such a moose. But as kids, we love stories And I don't think that we ever actually outgrow that, do we? I think in some way, shape, or form, we're all suckers for a good story. And as we begin this new series today, here's what I want you to get. That every Christ follower has a story to tell. Every single one of us in this room has a story to tell. It's your my way back Story. And so our services are going to look a little different today. We're going to hear from some different campus pastors. But I wanted to start there because I think it's significant for all of us to understand that. Some of you, perhaps, you don't think your story is good, but it is. Some of you, maybe you don't know how to tell it, but you can learn. Some of you maybe are afraid to tell your story, but it is so worth the risk of telling it. Because what is the use of a story if it's not shared. The Apostle Paul actually had this to say about his own story. He said, my life is worth, what's it say? Nothing to me unless I use it for finishing the work assigned to me by the Lord Jesus. The work of telling others the good news about the wonderful grace of God. Paul saw his story, his my way back story, as massively significant. So he told it over and over and over again. And so for this series, we actually want to invite and challenge each and every one of us to actually tell our own story. But before we do that, we've asked a few different campus pastors to model this storytelling and share their own story. So here is our Aurora campus pastor, Obi. Well, you know, I I found my way back to God when I was in high school. Although it wasn't necessarily the, the, the faith part of my way back story uh, wasn't necessarily like a brand new thing because uh, I grew up going to church. 
Uh, since I was a baby, since I can remember, uh, my mom had started going to, uh, she found her way back to Gata when I was a baby. And so she was going to, uh, to a Christian church in a small town in Mexico where we're from. And uh, so I grew up in a home where my mom went to a Christian church and my dad uh, was raised Catholic, didn't really want to go to church. Sometimes I would go with my dad to, you know, the, the typical, you know, services in Catholic Mass, right? Easter, Christmas. Yeah, sure. uh, and with my mom, she wa- she was more encouraging, if I can say it that way. She was more forceful, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> encourageful, right, to, to go with her to church. Growing up in that church, it was one of those services that, you know, you're in church for four hours oh, wow. uh, and sometimes twice in a Sunday in the morning and in the evening four hours and four yeah, hours that's a lot of church yeah. Yeah. did the math right that's eight hours of church that's, that's, a, that's a long time <laughs> but then when we moved here to Chicago um, I, I was 11, 11 11 when my family moved to Chicago my mom started looking for a church right away my dad uh, not really, because we moved next to a, a Catholic church, really. So <laughs> he wants to go and go. <laughs> That's right. It was very convenient for my dad. Didn't have to, didn't have to, you know, uh, go on searching for for the, the Catholic church. Yeah. Right, right. And then going through high school, um, I, I God wasn't really part of my life. Uh, faith wasn't really part of my life. But I, but I, 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 I did know that He was always there. I did know that hmm. eventually I, I had to. Hmm you know, reconnect with God somehow. It was somewhere in the back of my mind. I wasn't putting it, you know, giving it any, any thought or priority. It was also through, the, through my high school years that my friend, um, he actually found his way back to God and um, he started going to a church. Uh, and and he, he started inviting me, hey, I'm going to this church. There's a youth group every Wednesday. You want to come with me? And I'm like, yeah, no, I'm good. Not so much. I like when he would invite me, I would think of those long services sitting on a bench. And I'm like, yeah, no. What actually got me to go to church one time with him is that he was teaching me, um, teaching me guitar. Oh, that's he, he started learning guitar uh, through a music teacher at his church. And I was interested. I'm like, hey, whatever you learn there, just... Yeah. Teach me. <laughs> yeah. yeah free music lesson. Lesson. I was yeah. just going to yeah, say that. Good. He was paying for his classes. <laughs> I was learning for free, and it was a win-win, right? Yeah. We had planned to go serenade moms mm. on <laughs> Sunday morning of Mother's Day. It was wow. my friend Fernando, um, who eventually went to church, and a couple other friends. So he taught, So I knew the song, and there were some arrangements that he kind of taught me to, to do. And he's like, I kind of want to do that. Um but I don't want to play that song at the church if you don't join me. And I'm like, all right, I, I'll, I'll join you. I'll, I'll, I'll play that song with you. I need your <laughs> help. Yeah. That's right. right. That's, don't say no. I know. So he actually got me to go to church with him. Wow. Uh, and then that Mother's Day, uh, you know, he, his time came up. We played that song. And I went up there with him, got sat back down on the bench, went through the whole service. I don't remember, like, what happened in the service other than the song that we played. I don't remember what was taught, what was preached, or anything like that. I just remember that just something happened in me as if a a switch was turned on. I knew that I needed to to connect with God somehow, right? So I started reading the Bible on my own. I started... um, 
learning, you know, asking questions, uh, you know, debating about the things that I need to believe, why we believe them and things like that. And it really got me to, to the point where just a month later, um, I decided to get baptized. Since I, I found my way back, since I found Jesus and I started learning more about him and as I started um, wanting to, to, to live my life, I wanted to live out the purpose that God had for me. Sure. And I, 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 really wanted, I really took ownership of that. The prayer that I started saying is like, okay, God, show me what you really want for me. You know, this is what I, my plan has been. What is your plan for me? And I started being very direct with that because uh, I want I didn't I didn't want to kind of live my life and then find out that he had a big purpose for me and then not take advantage yeah, of that or yeah or missed yeah. it in that. Eventually, I mean, uh, I ended up becoming a pastor. I feel like uh, uh, God has been using my story to to help a lot of people find their way back. And one of the stories that I love, love, love is that. Um, I eventually got to help my dad find his way back to that. Oh, that's love really it. Cool. That, that, was, that was pretty cool. Yeah, and I got to baptize him as well. Oh, that's uh, awesome. So my dad oh, found his way back to God after <laughs> I found my way back to God. My siblings started finding their way back to God. My mom got reconnected with God. And, and the, the last one that needed to, to find their way was my dad. Oh, wow. And uh, it, it, it happened just a, a few years ago here at Community. And it was super special for me to yeah, see that happen. Really cool. And I feel like part of that, seeing that happen and, and even helping others is because of, of my, own, my own intentionality, like my own desire to, to just serve God, you know, and, yeah. and whatever. Sometimes it's easy, sometimes it's not. You know, sometimes we give up some of the, some of the things that we want to do what he wants. But at the end of the day, uh, it's been a great journey for me. So, yeah, that's my story. That's wow. a great story. Yeah, so I appreciate you sharing that. Yeah. I love that. Okay, so how do we actually tell our own story? Well, to tell it, you have to know it. You have to compose it. So for a little help with that, we're actually going to turn to John chapter 9. We're going to hear a story about a man who told his story in some pretty intimidating circumstances. Here in chapter 9, Jesus uh, comes upon a man, and the only thing we know about him was that he was born blind. That's all we know. And from that one simple fact, it's easy for us to surmise that he was likely an outcast in his community. In fact, in verse 8, he's referred to as that guy who sits and begs. And you thought your high school nickname was rough. That's all we're given about this guy. But as God often does, he uses the lowly and the seemingly insignificant to reveal his glory. And so Jesus approaches this man and he does something quite odd. He spits into the ground, makes mud from his saliva, and wipes it on his eyes. Let that sink in for a second. In fact, in light of that, all of our greeters have piles of dirt waiting outside in the lobby for those of you who'd like prayer. This is actually a really good reason this isn't my story, because I'm not sure I would have complied. Imagine you're this blind man. You've not seen anything your entire life and you hear that this Jesus is coming to town and he's actually making his way to you and you're sitting on the ground and you can maybe even feel as the crowd approaches and then he's close enough that you can maybe even feel his breath and you're thinking this is the moment that my life changes forever and then you hear 
Like, no, I'm out. I'm out. I'm going to wait till the next rabbi comes rolling through town. No, thank you. But fortunately, this man actually complies and he washes in the pool as Jesus instructed him to. And then his sight is restored. Can you imagine? Never seeing and then seeing. Well, not everyone shares his excitement. The religious elite of this time called the Pharisees have been concerned with Jesus' rising popularity. And now you have this crazy guy with still like spit mud gunk in his face saying, I was blind, but I see. They're not thrilled about this. Even worse, Jesus did this on the Sabbath, which was a big no-no in their culture. So they dragged this once blind man to the synagogue and they command him to renounce what had happened to him. Now, I don't want you to imagine just sort of like a cute little lobby. This would have been a big, intimidating crowd to be dragged in front of. And previously, the Pharisees had stated that anyone who claims Jesus is a Messiah will be cast out of the temple, cast out of the synagogue. Now, in this culture, you couldn't just then hop over to another church in the neighborhood. That was the central hub in first century Judaism. And to be cast out was to become a stranger in your own community. So the Pharisees say to the man here in verse 24, give glory to God by telling the truth, they said. We know this man, referring to Jesus, is a sinner. So he's probably quaking in his boots at this point. He's before the religious council, and they said, renounce. We know that he's a sinner, and listen to his response. Whether he's a sinner or not, I don't know. But one thing I do know, I was blind, but now I see. What a beautiful reply. He knows he's not going to out-debate these guys. He doesn't even try to articulate any specific theology he says, listen, I don't, I don't know about him or his past. Here's what I do know. A couple of minutes ago, nothing. And now I see. That's what I have. And I think this guy can provide for us some very helpful insight in telling our own stories. One, we talk about my life before Jesus. I was blind, the man would declare. That's who I was before I met Jesus. What was your life like before you met Jesus? And maybe you grew up in the church. What was your life like before you fully trusted in Jesus, before you got serious about your faith? What words come to mind? What feelings and emotions? Your story begins with who you were before you met Jesus. And number two, how I met Jesus. He put mud on my eyes, he would say. That's how I met him. How did you meet Jesus? Did a, a friend maybe invite you to church or a family member just poured into your life consistently. Maybe the bottom dropped out for you and in this season of crisis, you cried out to God. Maybe it was an experience somewhere where you stepped back and said, there has got to be a God. How you met Jesus is an important part of your story. And then third, my life since I met Jesus. Oh, I was blind, but now I see what difference has finding your way back to God had in your life? How do you see people differently? How has it affected your marriage or your finances or how you interact in your community or how you spend your recreation? What difference has Jesus actually made 
in your life. Because no matter who you are, no matter what story brought you here this morning, you have a story to tell. It's your My Way Back story. So I have two quick challenges for you. In the back of all the chairs, we have this card here. And the top part will help you articulate your My Way Back story. I want to challenge you to not just glance at it, but sometime this week, actually write it out. Because if I was in your seat, my my likely response would be, I think I know my story well enough. It's my story. Please don't do that. With your family, with your small group, with a stranger even, write this out. What does my My Way Back story actually look like? The second challenge, as we mentioned earlier, September 18th is an exciting day in the life of our community. It's called Show Up Sunday. It's a day every fall where we invite people, we challenge people to invite friends and family to join us on Sunday, September 18th. And so at the bottom here, there's five spaces. I want you to prayerfully write down five actual names, no John and Jane Doe's, actual people, and to begin praying about inviting them to join us on Sunday. As you leave, you'll be handed one of these invite cards to make it even easier. So if you don't like speaking words to other people, just knock on their door and hand them this and don't look creepy. (laughs) We want to pack this place out with people who know Jesus, who have heard of Jesus, and have maybe never even thought of Jesus. Because here's what every single one of us needs to wrestle with. You inviting someone may be an integral part of their finding their way back to God, a part of their story. And this blind man in our story, I don't think his eyes were the only ones that were opened that day. I think a lot of people saw Jesus in a new light because of his story. In fact, it was a brother's my way back story that changed the life of our Lincoln Park Old Town campus pastor. And so here is Eric's story. My, my mom, she didn't completely grow up in a Christ-following home. She uh, actually grew up in a foster home. Mm-hmm. And her experience of church was uh, a little bit of the Baptist church, a little bit of the Mormon experience. Wow, wow. That's quite Mor- a, that's Mormon quite church, a Baptist yeah. church. Yeah. Um, and then my dad actually grew up uh, living off a farm, but never grew up going to church. And so mm-hmm. church wasn't really uh, as a part of something that he experienced. So, you know, when it came to, you know, them getting married and having kids and us having a church experience, it really wasn't part of what we experienced growing up. My older brother, uh, Clay, he's seven years older than I am, uh, started to date a girl who was attending a church, uh, a first Christian church of Flora, Illinois. So and, there's uh, a girl, isn't there? Yeah, that's mm-hmm. right. So he had this girl in his life, and she said, you know, if we're going to keep dating and if we're going to keep making out, <laughs> oh, really? you have to come to church with me. That's missionary dating. That's, that's a thing. The missionary yeah, day, yeah, and, yeah. And, and that's my version of the story, but that's how I remember it. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, he's like, well, I like making out, so I'm going to go to church with this girl. Yeah. So he ends up going to this church, First Christian Church, and he ends up liking it. Like, he ends up having a good experience as a part of this church, and they ended up breaking up, mm. but he stuck around. Oh, uh, he wow, stuck around. Yeah. And it was over the course of time that he ended up finding his way back to God and getting baptized. As part of his faith journey, because it all started to kind of connect and make sense for him, he ended up inviting my family to go to church. Mm. And at the time, uh, my mom was like, well, you know, I have some of that in my past. Yeah, I'm going to do that. I'm going to go to church. Kind of a natural fit for her. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And so she ends up going, and I wasn't, you know, at a point where I could make the decision for myself. So I ended up going. Uh, my sister, who's younger than me, ended up going. My middle brother did not, and my dad did not. And to this day, 
they haven't yet said yes to following Jesus, um, which is a big part of me trying to work out my faith journey and what it means to come alongside of them and serve them and, and help them work out where they're at. So we ended up going to church, uh, my mom and my sister and I, and it was over the course of that next year uh, that we began taking our steps in our faith journey. And it was one day in service, I can remember, uh, at First Christian Church where they were having this moment at the end of the service asking if there's anybody here today that would like to turn their life over to Christ, you can come forward. Oh, so the moment. Ah, it was were. the moment. That's a big deal. And uh, I'm sitting there freaking out. I'm like, I don't want this. I don't want people to see what I'm doing. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. You know, palms are sweaty. You're yeah, sweating. Freaking out. Um, so ended up doing that. I ended up walking down this aisle, walking up front, sitting up front with the pastor, uh, my sister, my mom. Like, all of us ended up making this decision to say yes to Jesus. Oh, wow. Same day. And it was like a big day. That was a big day. Um, And we ended up getting baptized. Uh, And the coolest part was my brother baptized us. All of you. As a part of our faith journey. So my brother baptizes me, and I ended up getting connected into uh, our student ministry there at the church. Um, And it was in that experience that I probably started to better understand what was maybe kind of missing, you know, Mm. in my life at that time. Um, my dad not being a Christ follower, um, my parents, um, even my mom not growing up in the best environments, um, just being a foster child, and um, they were, they are fantastic parents, um, no doubt, and we had a lot of fantastic experiences as a, as a family, um, but definitely like when it came to experiencing like true community, like biblical community, where you know you're going to get each other's back going to love each other no matter what you're going to give the hugs and the high fives and you're going to like embrace one another and share life together Mm -hmm. i hadn't really yet fully experienced that not in the way that i had when i came to church yeah you know you sit in a small group of friends and you're there with your peers in student ministry and you're like man i could like i could like hang with these people and you could be honest about what you're feeling and, and and they're not going to like shoot you down for it or give you a hard time they're going to listen and it was later on um, that it was about, it was towards the end of my high school, is my junior and senior year, we went to a conference where they brought a bunch of students together and they had this moment where you could come forward and make a decision if you wanted to go into vocational ministry or not. Oh. And I'm thinking in my head, I don't know what the heck I'm saying yes to, but I think I'm supposed to do this. So we get up there and we do that and um, we all kind of just walked away from that moment just thinking, all right, I guess that means we're going to try this. And the cool part is my home church, First Christian Church, Florida, Illinois, they had a scholarship set up where you could explore vocational ministry if you That's wanted. really cool. Paid for your tuition. Yeah. And um, I pulled the trigger on that, went to Lincoln Christian University. It, it led me to be grateful for my relationship with Jesus. Yeah. I got to experience community while I was at Bible College. I got to experience friends and genuine relationships. And I wanted to give that to other people. Like I'd experienced in student ministry, like yeah. I'd experienced in, in, at this, the college that I was at. And I ended up doing my internship at Community Christian Church. Uh, this culture of Community Christian Church of shared life, getting each other's backs, loving on each other, um, and really a particular part of that um, that's meant really the most to me in my journey. Um, it's the I see in you part of our church. Mm, all right. We, you know, we use that language and we yeah. talk about apprentice leaders. And Powerful. We talk about lifting one another up. And um, like I said, my parents, they're fantastic and we have a great relationship. Um, but there's things about the Christian faith. If you don't know Jesus, you just don't have it. You know, you're just missing it. Yeah. And one of the things that I missed growing up uh, was the ICNU part and just having someone say, 
I see these things in you, or I see these things in you, or I see these things in you. And so when I came to community and, you know, I received that from Dave and John and their leadership and from other staff members and other people that I shared life with, it just kind of just re-reminded me of, like, why I believe in this stuff so much and why it matters. The helping people find their way back to God creates space and places for I see in you conversations. And the helping people find their way back to God, it's like, it's like, it's a personal mission statement, you know? Oh, yeah. So, like, for me, it's like, my story, it's that mission, you know? It's like, it's, it's like all interwoven. And the culture of, I believe in you, I see these things in you, this is how God's created you, like, it's changed my life. Yeah. Every single one of us has a story. If you're hearing my voice right now, you have a story. Your story is so valuable. That's what stories are meant to do. You're meant to be shared. And we get to be a part of that. Let's help people see Jesus more clearly by sharing our own stories. Let's pray. Father, I'm so grateful that you are a God who comes close. You are a God who is near. But you're also a God who's not done with us yet, that you're still writing our stories. And that you invite us to be a part of this Jesus mission. You include us in the greatest work we could ever be a part of. Thank you, God, for loving us with that kind of love, for planting a story in each of our hearts. I pray for every person in this room, regardless of the kind of story that brought them here, God, breathe new life into their lungs. Help them to know how deeply loved they are and how valuable their story is. And give us the courage to then tell our story to others so that they can find their way back to you. Thank you and love you. We pray these things in the beautiful name of Jesus. Amen.